How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, sir. How you doing? Uh, doing real good, real good. I'm I'm excited to jump right back in here, and um, you know we've been on this topic of hiddenness, and, and it almost sounds it sounds contradictory in some ways to think that you know certain times that God almost purposely uh, hides us away. As my brother said, hides us away from ourselves, away from others. And there's a time where uh, we feel we might even have this burning desire to be outed, you know, to be walking in our calling, whatever that calling may be. You know, whether you're a housewife or a business person or someone that's in the fivefold ministry, but you have this burning desire that you want to be out, you want to be walking in that calling. And it seems that God has you somewhere on the backside of the desert or somewhere um, out, of, out of place and out of touch with where you want to be. And I'm telling you, it's by design. It's not by chance that you find yourself in that place. And it's not by chance that you feel that way, that God has something that he's doing in that hidden time. And so we want to continue on this vein and just really um, encourage those who are out there in the hidden place to let you know that God hasn't forgotten about you. As a matter of fact, he's going to work on your behalf. And, you know, again, last last call, I touched on a little bit on creation and how God has even, we can see examples in creation of, of hidden places and how God goes to work in a hidden place. And um, you see in the Gospels a lot of times, Jesus even used the example of a seed. And when a seed is sown, the majority of what's happening, of course, we don't see what's going on. There's a lot going on underneath the surface, and God is doing something there. There's this growth happening that seems bursting forth, and new life is happening. Nutrients are being sucked in, and that plant is growing. But if we got impatient, if we're a farmer and we got impatient and we dug up the seed, well, we're really gonna we're gonna hamstring our own harvest. And so there's something that's happening in that hidden place that needs to happen and needs to be left alone. Of course, it needs to be nurtured and watered, but there's something that needs to happen. And so, again, that's part of the process. But when we're patient, that tree, the majority of what we see, that tree, verse 4, and we see the fruit. Man, that's so good. That is so good, my friend. You know, it even reminds me, and I, I want to be real transparent to some of the folks that listen to us now, because I know sometimes whenever we talk about these things, they think, well, how does this practically relate to my life, right? Well, I know for myself, there was a season where God even hid me not only from other people, but also from me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would give me hints here and there that, yes, I'm called to do ministry, or yes, I'm called for this or that. But there was a point where it's almost like he put blinders on my eyes to where I could not fully see what was coming. And it wasn't until, you know, I was ready and I moved into the season to be receptive to the call on my life that he actually pulled those blinders off and fully began to let me see. And I'm convinced personally that there's even things today that he doesn't reveal to me completely Mm -hmm. because he knows I'm not ready for it. The Lord put in my heart several several different regions to reach people for the Lord in different nations. 
And I remember when you and I, Andre, used to go to Christ for the Nations. You know, they would preach about missions and going out into all the world. And I'm sitting here thinking, yes, I'm going to travel over, all over the United States and reach people and talk to them about the Lord. And my thinking was completely the furthest it could be from traveling outside the country unless it was just to go visit for pleasure. So I think many times God knows our hearts. He knows where we are. He knows if we're going to be able to be receptive to what's currently going on. And Good. So in those moments, whenever, you know, God is not sure where we're going to stand on something, many times it's like he will put blinders on our eyes. Or even if it's not that we won't understand it, it's like if we're going to turn and run the other direction, completely opposite of where he knows we will best fit. Because it's like this. He sees the beginning from the end because he's outside of time. And this is a teaching all in itself. So we're just going to vaguely touch on this just to kind of quantify or to explain what we're talking about as a whole here. God is like he sits outside of time and he sees the beginning from the end, right? And so because of that, he can see every possible path that we could take. Because of that, he knows what best fits me, Andre, or any one of you out there. He knows the way you are designed. Why? Because just like the Word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, He knows the very intricacies that make you work in the area that you would best plug into to be the most effective for his kingdom and for the world that he puts you in. Because like we talked about on one of the previous calls, God already had life without you and me and our unique personalities that each one of us has. If he wasn't concerned about, you know, what life would be like without humanity, and he didn't have a desire for the fellowship, why would he have wasted his time creating a creation that he's going to have to redeem? So it's pretty apparent that there was a purpose, there was a plan, there was a reason that he designed us. Now, moving forward in that, because he knows us so intricately, because he knows every detail, he even tells us in his word that I know the number of hairs on your head. It's kind of paraphrased. Well, if he knows you that intimately, he knows where you will best plug into the picture and where you will be most effective and where you'll be most filled with joy in the work you'll complete for him. So when that happens and he sees that myself or Andre or any one of you are not ready to hear those words, it's like he says, let's hide, I'll just use myself, let's hide Kirk's vision for the moment. Well, give him hints so that he doesn't get completely off track. But let's just give him only enough so that he doesn't run the wrong direction. And then when he sees that the time's right and that you'll be receptive, he pulls his blinders off and then he begins to whisper. South America, South Asia, Africa, United States, Colombia, Texas, Tennessee. Whatever it is that he's called you to do could even be your city, could be Chattanooga, could be Dallas, could be Fort Worth. It could be Los Angeles in California. It could be somewhere in Greece or in Russia. God may have called you to be in your community the rest of your life, but to be the most effective person you could be there. You cannot discount the thing he has called you to do. But he will reveal it in due time. So don't get discouraged. Don't let the 
enemy make you think, don't let the devil make you think that just because you don't have clarity at this moment that you're completely missing the mark. The clarity comes from intimacy. You will only have right clarity. There. Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. There, there's so much that you said there that is so, it's pregnant with just opportunity and, and, and there's a lot that we can glean from this. Um, I think that what's really important is in the book of Proverbs, it talks about that there are many plans that, I'm paraphrasing as well, many plans that a man has in his heart, but it's really the counsel of the Lord that's going to stand. And what happens a lot of times, I believe, is is that we have an ideal in mind. We think it's going to be like this. It's going to work like this. We visualize it. We do all these different things, and we say it's going to come out this way. But a lot of times, God's plan is deeper, it's larger, it's higher, it's better than our plan. You know, I imagine Moses being on the backside of that desert. He was out there for 40 years. You know, he pretty much had his life established at that point. He's thinking, you know, I lived in a palace, and now 40 years later, here I am. I'm, I'm living in the desert. Uh, imagine that he thought about, you know, what am I going to do next? Am I going to build a home or settle down here? You know, he already had kids and families, thinking about grandkids. And, and before you know it, going about his normal business, God interrupts his plans. He probably thought it was over. I'm done. So this, is, this is it. But God in, interrupted his plans. And how did it happen? Just as my brother said, it's the intimacy where we get the direction that we need. He had an intimate encounter with the God of his forefather. And in that intimate place, God gave him new direction and breathed life into his destiny where he thought it was over. I think a lot of times it's like that. You know, Paul, you know, who was saw in the New Testament, he's going about persecuting Christians, thinks that he's actually fulfilling God's will, doing what he's supposed to do. And God rudely interrupts what he was doing and sets him on a whole new path, whole new chart, and thrusts him into his destiny. I think a lot of times... I want to interject something real quick. I want you to keep what you're saying. But, you know, you talk about intimacy. And I think a lot of times... The connotation that we have of the word sometimes can get a little skewed because of the culture today. The actual definition of intimacy is close familiarity or friendship. And so it means a very deep, close friendship. And it says closeness. So anyway, go right ahead. Good. That's good. You know, it goes back to that encounter Paul had with Jesus, the living Christ. You know, Paul is knocked off his, I believe it was a mule that he was on, he's knocked off and and he's standing, he's sitting before the, the living Christ, Jesus is standing before him, and he says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord, that, that I'm persecuting you? And he says, I'm Jesus. But there, in that moment, it was an intimate encounter. It was Jesus introducing himself to Saul. So I think, you know, a lot of times we have to sit back and realize, and what does it look like in our own daily lives? That intimate encounter could be you coming across someone who drops a word on you. Or it could be um, that God speaks to you through a person in the church or through a loved one uh, or through a set of circumstances. But we need to be really uh, acutely attuned to what the Holy Spirit is doing and be open to him changing our direction. 
I think it's important for us to plan as human beings. God's not telling us not to plan. He's not telling us not to set up. But it's like James said. He says, you know, instead we should say, if the Lord will, I'll go to this place and that place. But always good. recognizing the Lord. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, my mother's favorite scripture, she always shared it with me growing up. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, I love that. I was thinking about this yesterday, that it says lean not to your own understanding. He's not saying don't use your own understanding. He's not saying that, um, that, that to discount your own understanding. But what he's saying is don't lean. Don't put your 100% trust in your own understanding. And in all our ways, we acknowledge the Lord. And God gave us our understanding. There's a place for it. But we can't put our total trust in it. We have to leave room for God and his plan and recognize that at the end of the day, he's got the final word and final, final authority in what's going to happen in our lives. So. That's right, brother. That is so awesome. And that, that is just so jam-packed. We have to make sure that we maintain a proper perspective in any trial that we go through in life and not allow a season of hiddenness, a season of pain or heartache to overcome us, but to keep it in proper perspective. And I think that's one of the largest challenges, especially when you're in that place of hiddenness, sometimes to not allow the spirit of rejection to come against you and make you feel like you've been rejected. Because you've got to remember, friends, God has not forgotten you. He has not rejected you. He has the best in mind for you, and he desires for you to be in the best place possible in the best and most effective place you can be, not only for his kingdom, but he also, as a dear loved child, wants you to be prosperous in your own life. He, look at Abraham, just like my brother just shared about how Abraham, you know, he was prosper beyond any other man. I think he talked about, I think you talked about that a couple of days ago um, when we were on one of the other calls. But God, through that intimacy, he poured his love and affection on Abraham, even to the point to where it was physically manifested in his life. It's believed that Abraham either was one of, if not the most wealthy man of his time. And that's incredible. And Abraham himself, when he saved Sodom and Gomorrah, refused to take money from the king because he did not want it thought that Sodom and Gomorrah made him rich. But instead, he wanted it to be known that God, that Jehovah God, Yahweh, made him strong, made him rich. Amen. He did not want it to be thought that some other nation did what God did for him. He had such a passionate love for God that he wanted only God to get credit for what God was due credit for. So, my friends, I encourage you today, and I think we'll kind of wrap this one up here. Yeah. Um, if you are in that season of hiddenness, don't give up. Just press in. Continue to look and turn your eyes to God, no matter if you see the direction that you're currently going. Just keep your focus on him. Don't allow the devil to steal your joy. But press into the peace of God in all that you do. So, guys, we never want to wrap up one of these calls without giving you a chance 
or an opportunity to give your lives to Christ. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So guys, right now, if you would like, pray after me. Lord, we ask you to, I just ask you to come into my heart, God. I ask you, Father God, to forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you are God, and that you are raised from the dead. And I confess you with my mouth, and I receive your salvation. Guys, if you prayed that prayer today, we believe that you are saved, that you need to mark this day down on the calendar. Don't let the enemy steal this away from you. At the same time, find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church and get plugged in and rooted so that you can grow in your relationship with God. Guys, we encourage you today. Go and enjoy. God bless.